Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and I am going to do my best to be the cure for your tryptophan hangover. Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I'm running on fumes. Two hours and 40 minutes of sleep, to be precise. His gaslight just came on, but we're going to power through this together. He is my co-host, Mr. Kevin Patrick. KP, how are you feeling right now? I'm good, thanks. Not too bad at all. I consider I'm on about two hours, 40 minutes sleep as well. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope you've loosened up the belts a little bit and you've eaten until you're absolutely stuffed and enjoyed all the movies and the goodness that Thanksgiving offers. I cannot believe you have not stopped smiling since you sat down at your computer. On the same amount of sleep that has made me the miserable old cur that I have become, you are grinning ear to ear. I'm going to rely on your infectious positivity, KP. We are 24 hours-ish away from Survivor Series, from War Games, streaming live, WWE on Peacock. It's one of the big four. It's one of the tentpole events we have in WWE each and every year. Got a fresh coat of paint this year. It's been the battle for brand supremacy for the past, I don't know, five, six years, it seems. That's all out the window. Brand supremacy, no longer an issue. Now it's personal. Now it's about war. But before we get to the war, before we get to the ugly stuff and the men and women destroying one another inside of a massive steel cage, how was your turkey day? Did the Irish celebrate Thanksgiving? Pardon my ignorance, but this is a genuine curiosity I have. No, you're all good. Uh, The Irish don't at all, but my mother's from Chicago. So half my family's from the US, half from Ireland. And my poor ma graves every single year on Thanksgiving. She'd do her best. She'd go out of her way. We're sitting down. We're going to have a lovely turkey dinner. We're going to do this, this, and this. And we're all looking at her saying, it's just Thursday, ma. We've got homework to do. You know, like we've got a busy day tomorrow. We've got to go to football practice. And um, she tried. She really did. And we'd always sit down and and give thanks uh, for whatever we were thankful for on that night. On that day, we always made it special for my ma. But it was definitely not celebrated in Ireland, no. No. How about you? you, any, Any major traditions each and every year? I'm keeping it pretty simplistic. Uh, it's been a while since I've done the whole Thanksgiving thing. I mean, with our schedule being what it is recently, it's not been much of a deal. I get to spend some time with my my family, uh, my parents, and my my wife's parents now are Pittsburghers. So uh, a little little bit of a family family tradition starting. Uh, it's it's been nice. I of course overstuffed myself every year. You know, though, when you get married, right, you also adopt traditions. And I know my wife, for example, is mad into Thanksgiving and the parade, the Macy's Day parade in the morning and making, you know, she does this cinnamon kind of dessert for breakfast that I still think is really, really weird. But she's got her traditions that I now have to adopt and have to get involved in every year. What, what's one tradition that you've inherited since you've been married recently? The biggest revelation to me has been the act of spatchcocking a turkey. What? A, because it's a lot of fun to say, spatchcocking. You spatchcock a turkey before you cook it. You You split it in half up the backbone and you (laughs) flatten it out. You spatchcock it. It's a lot of fun to say, spatchcock. I want everybody in their car right now that's listening or just waking up trying to shake the sleep from their eyes to just scream at the top of their lungs, one, two, three, spatchcock. I promise I feel better already. I got to call you a big, massive spatchcock on Monday. Please do. Please do. It's it's an act. It's a, a cooking method. It's not dirty, but it sounds that way, which makes it way more fun. I want to apologize uh, to your mom. Uh, It reminds me of a tattoo that Luke Gallows has that just says, Mama tried. Mama Patrick was trying her best to instill some culture on you, you godless heathen, Kevin Patrick. I'm not going to disagree. My suspicions have been confirmed. Yeah. What an absolute ass. The poor lady every year. I'm done chastising you over your choice of Thanksgiving celebrations. I've had some uh, unique celebrations in the past. Next time you see Baron Corbin in person, ask him about our Thanksgiving day we spent together. Uh, Two dudes, a boatload of whiskey, and some frozen pizzas and pumpkin pies. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise. 
gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We are here to talk about Survivor Series, the Thanksgiving tradition in WWE, Boston, Massachusetts. The world will be watching. KP, as we look down the card, what is running through your mind as we approach your first Survivor Series at the play-by-play desk. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, the buzz is completely different for me than this time last year. I remember we were in Brooklyn for Survivor Series. And with the addition of War Games, I, I called it a spine-tingling twist last week on the show. And that's how it feels when you watch how these teams have come together. The bloodline, that team picks itself. Perfect, along with the honorary use, Sami Zayn. The, the team that Shamo has put together, like if you're going to pick- two- I don't like you sidetracking yourself. I don't like you saying the bloodline along with Sami Zayn. Sami's yeah. in, KP. Sami's in, fair enough. The honorary use is an oose. I'm feeling oosey again, all right? But I'm also feeling broody because what Shamo has done has been quite spectacular. If you're going to pick two guys outside of the brawling brutes of Ridge and Butch, I'm thinking for this sort of a match, I don't know if you can get any better than Drew McIntyre and KO. Uh, it's hard to hard to argue with that point, and we can't wait to break that match down. We're going to run through the card, break everything down. But before we get there, Kevin, I had a thought this morning on one of my two flights from Albany, New York, uh, because despite it not being that far from Pittsburgh, you know, air travel, especially air travel on Thanksgiving week, not a great time. But I had lots of time to let my mind wander this morning, knowing we were going to sit down and have this chat bright and early. Looking across the entire card and the landscape of WWE, both Raw and SmackDown, and I'll even loop NXT into this conversation. I think this premium live event has the potential to truly be a pivotal night for WWE as a whole. And what I mean by that is we've spoken very openly and at great length and depth about the regime change within WWE. Obviously, things are drastically different than they were several months ago. Never mind what Survivor Series looked like a year ago. But you look up and down the card, and it is littered. And I don't mean that in a disparaging manner. There are new faces. There are returning superstars up and down the roster on both Mondays and Fridays. What we don't have at this particular juncture, due to injury, due to circumstance, due to whatever it is, are an overabundance of what I like to call star makers in this business. And when I say star makers, I mean established, true superstars, elite level. Not that there aren't superstars that are there. Again, I'm not excluding anybody that's on the card. I'm not speaking ill of or less than in any capacity. I'm saying from the genuine general fan perspective, your average WWE fan watching, which to be perfectly honest, isn't the segment of our audience that listens to this. After the Bell fans are more educated, they are more passionate than the average WWE fan. Most of our fans sit down Monday at eight o'clock and they tune in and they don't think about it until Friday night or Tuesday night when they watch NXT. They don't get caught up in the behind the scenes and the business aspect of this. What I mean is from their perspective, a Randy Orton, a John Cena, a Charlotte Flair, Edge more recently. I mean, the list can go on where you have somebody who just by being in the ring with them as a WWE superstar, it elevates your stock. A lot of the old timers would call that giving it the rub, but being viewed in the same ring at the same time, in the same story, in the same match as these heavy hitters, these future Hall of Famers. And again, I I, I put Drew McIntyre in that category. I, I put Roman Reigns, obviously, is on the card. You don't get much more of a star maker than Roman right I now. I know what you're saying, though. But I think, I think the opportunity is ripe across the board for so many superstars to step up Saturday at Survivor Series and truly make believers out of the general WWE public. Look, John Cena's pop culture right? Logan Paul could have been in this position after his performance with Roman Reigns in, in, in from a general perspective. Oh, who is this guy? Why is, and I'm, I'm using Johnny Gargano as an example. It's not an indictment of Johnny personally. It's just that he's a great example of a guy who's talented, who is 
where he belongs, who deserves to be where he belongs. But I think, and you, you can feel it. We sit at ringside. Johnny's not there yet. Candace isn't there yet. I, I would dare say even EO and Dakota are still on their way to being there. But this could be a pivotal night it for them. absolutely could be. That's what you're saying, right? This could be a pivotal night for, for even a theory who's been, who's been hitting home runs over the last couple of weeks to be in a match with Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins in this new form that we see from him. I, I totally agree with you. EO Sky is, is a class example in my mind for someone who's got all the technical ability in the world and go and make it her match. I agree. And, and, and this is, don't get me wrong. This is a good problem to have. I'm sure this interview and our conversation is going to get chopped to hell and taken out of context and people will, you know, somehow spin it negatively. This is a great problem to have. We have an overabundance of incredibly talented men and women looking to make their mark. Right now, there aren't a lot of the guys who can help make them or who can you know, lend their name to make somebody new. So, so this is, and I, I use the analogy when having this discussion recently, how if a rookie baseball player comes up and the first time you see him at the plate, he hits a home run off of another rookie pitcher. Okay. That's still exciting. It's a home run. It's the best part of baseball. But when a rookie prospect steps up or is up for an injury and he crushes one off of Justin Verlander, now you're more inclined to take notice. I, I live in Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm a big baseball fan. I follow the pirates minor league system. And I've known about this guy named O'Neill Cruz for months since they drafted him. This guy's going to be the next big thing. Most of Pittsburgh doesn't care. Most of Pittsburgh are just, okay, the pirates going to be bad again this year. It is what it is, but I'll never forget within a week or two of O'Neill Cruz getting called up and dominating major league established pitchers. I walked into the locker room and JBL of all people looked at me and said, Corey, what about this O'Neill Cruz kid? Because JBL, he's a baseball fan, but he's not a hardcore study behind the scenes, know who's coming down the pipeline. He, he's a general average baseball fan. Like I would compare most fans to that watch WWE. But when you, you do something big off the back of a name that everybody already knows, inherently you are elevated. So you're saying this is an opportunity. This represents Survivor Series, War Games, an opportunity for maybe it's a Shotzi in a match against Ronda Rousey, to have the match of her life, the expressions, the technical ability, whatever it may be, to go out there and put on a show and prove to the world that she can be on that stage alongside the baddest woman on the planet. There are many opportunities within this card right now. I would say every match has, has an opportunity. And that's why, let, let's start there. You brought it up. Let's talk SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Rowdy Ronda Rousey defending against Shotzi. This is a perfect example of the point I was just attempting to make. Ronda Rousey is a household name beyond WWE. Ronda Rousey was arguably the most famous athlete in sports, definitely combat sports for, for a long time. Ronda was a, was a pioneer, particularly in women's mixed martial arts. I mean, you don't have to watch WWE or even MMA or whatever you want to know the name Ronda Rousey. So by default, Shotzi now is in the deep end with the great white shark. Shotzi has not had that really, that run, so to speak, on TV to really hang her hat on, to establish herself. She's got a great look. She looks unique. She's different. She, she you know, brings something different to the table, a different element of, of the game. But nothing Shotzi has done to this point in her career is comparable to competing at Survivor Series, not just a run-of-the-mill premium live event, one of the big four, against Ronda Rousey. The opportunity cannot be overstated. It's so true. You step out there in front of that crowd, Graves, and that occasion, you've got to make it happen somehow. Can I ask you really quickly to go away from that match in particular? You've talked about it being the big four. It didn't feel like the big four to me last year. And now with these changes and war games being introduced, like, has it got that feel for you again? This is as excited as I've been for Survivor Series in quite some time. Uh, I, I believe it was last year that had the epic Becky Lynch-Charlotte Flair match, which to me was one of the, the best matches the entire year because then you did get the brand versus brand, but that element's been taken away. This, to me, is a fresh coat of paint. It's an old adage. It's a cliche, but it's a fresh coat of paint on an, an old favorite. So this is why it is so important for a Shotzi to step up. Do I think Shotzi has any chance in hell of winning the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, Saturday night? No, I don't. I don't. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not disparaging Shotzi. I think Shotzi's extremely talented. I think she's got a bright future. Now's not the time. Not against Ronda Rousey. But it's about what you do with your time, right? Like we've talked about it with Correct. Seth Rollins. 952 days, Seth went without winning a championship. Yes, 
we talk about this all the time. The guy was at the mountaintop. It felt like he was operating, and I said this, at his operatic high note. Um, each and every single week, Seth Rollins would show up to the highest degree. Completely. And it's less about the result of the match than it is about what you do with the opportunity. Shotzi can go out there and push Rollins to the limit and still come up short. But guess what? Next Friday, when you see Shotzi, you're going to have a little bit more respect for her. You're going to know she may not be the champion, but she almost got there. She could, she could really make herself and change the trajectory of her career with a performance on Saturday night. What, what defines a good match for you in that sense? How does Shotzi know that she's delivered? If she leaves TD Garden on Saturday night, Ronda Rousey still SmackDown Women's Champion, let's just say. How does Shotzi know that she's done a good job for herself and for the company? I don't think there's a whole lot of guesswork involved. I think the WWE Universe will let everybody know instantly, on the spot, whether they succeeded or whether they did not. Listen, that, we put so much guesswork into what does Twitter like? What does this website say? Oh, well, this person prefers this flavor of ice cream. Okay, great. We talk about this all the time. It's a subjective business. Everybody has their flavor of ice cream that they enjoy. But when the fans in the building, in the garden in Boston, are on their feet, you know you did your job. You succeeded, even if you didn't win. If they're sitting on their hands and it sounds like crickets are, are, are invading Boston, you got a problem on your hands. And it can go both ways. That's a very real possibility. Just like this is a, a massive opportunity for Shotzi to succeed and make herself a bigger star in the process, she could also implode. If Shotzi goes out there and embarrasses herself or gets destroyed in two minutes by Ronda, okay, get to the back of the line. Doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean you're never going to get another chance. Doesn't mean you can't work out the kinks. But now it, 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 it's timing. Timing is everything in this business. You know, it, it, Things happen, we say lightning in a bottle or, or you capture a moment. 75% of the time, it's just organic. You didn't see it coming. The, the fans just go, no, no, that's our guy. We like that. That's our woman. She's going to be, that's who we want. Liv Morgan was in that role for a long time. Liv, that's what propelled Liv up the card. And Liv, every time she had a chance to show out, did so. Next thing you know, boom, SmackDown Women's Champion. Now she's on a different path. The opportunity is, is there for somebody else to step up. It could be Shotzi. It's that intangible that's so fascinating to me about this business. You even think of someone like The Rock, Rocky Maivia at the beginning. And, and the fact that he was, he talks about it openly, being a babyface, yet getting booed. And nobody was into what he was doing, you know? And that's The Rock we're talking about. I'll give you a more recent example. The current reigning undisputed WWE Universal <laughs> Champion, Roman Reigns. Roman was put into position to succeed. Roman delivered from a, a, an XYZ perspective, Roman hit the holes. Roman executed the plays. Fans just weren't into it. They, they liked them. They had time for them. But it wasn't until Roman really just said, to hell with the rule book. I'm throwing it out the window. I'm doing it my way. Boom. Biggest star this business has seen in the last decade, not named John Cena. You know, I had a great conversation with a, a really, you know, a veteran in the business now, a superstar that's still very much relevant today. And I won't say his name on the podcast because the chat was private, but he said to me, he said, only now, after a decade in the business, am I really and truly understanding the audience in the arena? And he said, I've learned the power of the pause and that, that slow look around the arena and what that can do, that can ignite something within the fans. And you see that now, the master, I mean, the master of that is Roman Reigns, how he just takes 25 seconds to survey the scene and to look everywhere and watch the atmosphere build as he starts to look at section A, section B, section C. And in that, the suspense builds as well. And it's wonderful television. Not everyone's capable of doing that. And it's something that takes time. You, you always tell me, even in this commentary role now, it takes time. And it certainly does. You're tripping up all over yourself each and every week. And you're learning though in the process. And I, I'm fascinated by that, that the time that it takes to have that feel and that the audience needs time as well to understand you and what you're doing. Sure. And you can become a star without the spotlight ever being shown directly on you. Case in point, Sami Zayn. Sami was the square peg in the round hole of the bloodline and the WWE fans and fans across the world, even the passionate ones, the ones that listen and, and are enjoying breaking this down and looking at it from a technical and a business perspective. Sami won everybody over with his performance with his effort. Every time Sammy's in the ring, every time Sammy's on camera, 
even if it's something little, if it's something subtle. And he has become arguably the hottest act within the hottest act in the game. Beyond, beyond WWE, in the business, there's nothing hotter than the bloodline right now. The bloodline's red hot. And Sammy, the, the square peg in the round hole, is just as crucial to the success of that as any other member right now, not named Roman Reigns. It's the package deal, but it's knowing when to step up, when to make the most of your opportunity. You only get a small window, but if you can open it up a little bit more each and every time, next thing you know, you're jumping through the door. Can you imagine six months ago, if I would have said to you, not named Roman Reigns, who's going to be arguably the most important player in the bloodline? And then I said, Sami Zayn. What would your reaction have been? <laughs> I would have fired you immediately. <laughs> I would have said there is no way in hell. And that's, again, not a shot at Sammy. I, I've known Sammy for years. I've got ultimate respect for Sammy and what he's capable of. But this is what I'm saying. Sammy weaseled his way into the bloodline, but made it work up and down the card from Shotzi to the brawling brutes to Finn Balor and Edge. This is an opportunity for everyone to really advance their careers and their status within WWE and their perception of the WWE fans of what they are, who they are, what they're capable of. You mentioned Finn Balor. We're in for an absolute banger, aren't we? Finn Balor, one-on-one -on -one with AJ Styles. This one's been brewing for quite some time now. This goes all the way back to WrestleMania and the Judgment Day and Damian Priest appearing. And then obviously Finn Balor got involved with the Judgment Day. They oust Edge. But these guys know each other. So they've traveled the world together. This runs deep. This goes back further, so much further than WrestleMania. This goes back to Japan. This goes Correct. back to the fact that I don't think anybody ever expected AJ Styles in WWE. We certainly didn't think Finn Balor was going to come over here when, when Finn was on top in Japan. Now here they are. Somehow they've avoided any true conflict to this point. This is AJ Styles, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. Finn Balor, who has made an incredible case and showing of himself each and every time. And Finn's a guy, to go back to the what you do with the opportunity, Finn realized, maybe I didn't hit a home run, but he kept getting on base. He kept getting on base. He went back down to NXT and started slugging. And then he came back up and it was, oh, then he knocks off Edge. He makes a Hall of Famer say, I quit. And now the fans, not those of us who have followed Finn Balor since he was the prince in Japan, the average fan goes, whew, that Finn Balor guy, he's nasty. He's got the judgment day at his back. He just took out Edge, and AJ Styles is in trouble. AJ Styles in this matchup, to me, is the one with more to prove. AJ Styles has not had a great success rate at premium live events. I saw a stat. I don't have it in front of me. I think, like, in two, maybe three years worth of premium live events, AJ Styles has been coming up short. And again, not an indictment on Styles. He's already got a Hall of Fame career and resume. AJ could retire tomorrow and no one would bat an eyelash. They'd go, yep, boom. You want to go to WrestleMania this year? We're going to the Hall of Fame. Cool. But AJ hasn't been the AJ Styles we've grown to know and love. Now you bring Gallows Anderson back in the fold. We had them on the show and, and talked about how important that whole unit was to all three of them. Okay. They're back. Now what are you going to do? Once you get that initial, holy cow, the OC's back. Gallows and Anderson are back in WWE. That great, that feel-good moment. Now, you, you've got Mia Yim in the fold. You know, we'll get to her and, and once we get to the Women's War Games match. What are you going to do for me now? It's a, it sounds stupid, but it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. And lately, AJ Styles hasn't been setting the world on fire. Balor has. So this is two of the best technical wrestlers on the planet. 100%. Doing what they do best without constraints. I'm hoping the Judgment Day stays in the back. I'm hoping the OC stays in the back, and I don't want to see any of them. I want these two guys to go out there and go 25, 30 minutes of the best pure wrestling you will see in the game. As a result, people go, oh, my God, I forgot how good AJ Styles was. Oh, my God, I knew Balor was good, but I didn't know he was this good. And no matter who picks up the W, it's a, an opportunity to be a win-win for both. If Balor pushes Styles to the limit, Styles wins. There's no shame in losing to a Hall of Famer. There's no shame in losing to AJ Styles any night of the year. Sure. On the flip side, though, you were just talking about you were just talking about Styles' win record on premium live events. So you still feel that he needs this much more. And in general, the OC need this more than the judgment day. I'm saying that under the guise of AJ Styles is not done. AJ's not winding down his career. Not at all. Or AJ's not picking and choosing. AJ Styles has still got some, some tread left on the tires. And it's, it's valuable. And I'll say it now. 
I will be shocked if between now and whenever AJ Styles decides to hang it up, he hasn't already become uh, undisputed universal champion at some point. And I say that in addition to the opportunity at hand for Finn and AJ, once Survivor Series is in the rearview mirror, who's next for, for Roman Reigns? We've heard Drew call his shot. We've heard Kevin Owens call his shot. Everybody and their mother's calling their shot at Roman. But you mean to tell me that AJ Styles or Finn aren't deserving of that opportunity? Finn had a recent opportunity day one last year uh, as the demon against Roman Reigns, right? So that's, AJ Styles, to me, would be a wonderful show. What a difference a year makes. This is a different Finn Balor. Completely different Finn Balor. I watched the rise of Finn Balor in NXT. I, I, that's where I learned to do commentary. was on most of Finn's stuff. I watched Finn grow and develop and evolve and become the demon. And then it was this. And then it became, and he was dressed like a pumpkin one year. And the people <laughs> went, oh, I don't know if this is what we're doing here. But he evolves. He evolved. And Finn has finally found himself within the judgment day. And I think Balor, he's got the rocket on his back right now and is ready to, to head to the top of the mountain. AJ Styles is, is in danger of being left behind. But I think both men have a chance to really reestablish themselves. That's the word here. Reestablish themselves as legitimate contenders to Roman's title or Seth's title or Bobby or Theory, whoever that may be, any championship across the board. Graves, what happens when two superstars have incredible chemistry, right? They're telepathic. You get an absolute banger. You saw it. I mean, Seth Rollins, I've heard him in interviews speak about working with Edge and his relationship with Edge and, and the matches that they put on together. That's what we're going to get with Finn Balor and AJ Styles. They know each other so well. They're, personally, they know each other incredibly well too. Outstanding wrestlers. And they're going to put on one hell of a show. And can I just say, by the way, Finn Balor's no plastic paddy. Seamus calling him a plastic paddy was bang out of line. Do you know what a plastic paddy is? What exactly does that mean? No. A plastic paddy is somebody from, say, the US who says to an Irish person, you know, I'm like 3.4% Irish. I had a, a second cousin that was from uh, Galway. And uh, I, I, my father's cousin was also from, that's a plastic paddy. Someone who's kind of clinging on to the fact that they're Irish and on St. Patrick's Day, they're telling everybody how Irish they are. Finn Ballard's from Bray I County just, Wicklow. <laughs> He's not a you, plastic paddy. You made me laugh. You made me smile with, with how excited you were to explain. But above all else, your American accent was spot on, my friend. Spot on. Very well anytime, done. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, well we, mentioned, we mentioned the match briefly. We're talking about championships. We got to talk about the United States title. Seth freaking Rollins defending against both Theory and Lashley. I said it on Raw this week. Things don't look good for the visionary, but we can never bet against Seth Rollins. But I think the headline here, and I hope you're in agreement with me, is Theory. Austin Theory has been doing the Lord's work, as far as I am concerned, in two weeks, has gone from the bottom of the barrel, losing money in the bank, losing his you know, failed cash-in, to maybe the most red-hot superstar on Monday Night Raw. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I don't know how he's out in front of the other two right now. And this is, this, this is a compliment to Bobby and Seth as well. If you're looking at the power rankings of WWE superstars, and it's simply just the three of these guys, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Who's one, two, three? I mean, try, try and pick right now. It's, it's near impossible given the last couple of weeks' work that we've seen. Allow me to correct myself. Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley are arguably the three hottest acts yes. on go. Monday Night Raw. I can't wait for this. There you go. And they've all got beef with each other. This isn't going to do me any good breaking this down any further than we have in the past. This is one I am excited to sit and get lost in. I'm going to be sitting with Cole, three of my favorite superstars and three of my favorite human beings in the game. Those are always the best to me. You'll establish those relationships over the years where you have friends. I mean, Rollins and I came up through developmental together. I've known him since the indies. Lashley and I have been pals for quite some time, gotten really close recently. And Theory, since Theory burst in the door of NXT, I, you know, we've, we've been in communication. I remember watching him on uh, an Evolve pay-per-view on WWE Network years ago, and I tweeted something just about like, oh man, this guy's going to be good. And I don't want to say that I'm Nostradamus or anything, but the kid's got a pretty good record of speaking things into existence. But you said a few weeks ago, give it time, let the story play out. And man, 
What a landscape-shifting few weeks it's been for Austin Theory. And all you have to do is search his name on social media, whether it's the bigger accounts or, or, or the, the, the lower-followed accounts. Everybody's talking about what a huge few weeks it was, and everybody was writing him off. The chance around the arena a couple of weeks ago, wherever we were, I forget where we were yesterday at this point, but uh, the, the folks weren't having Theory at all. And I think all of a sudden, you could see the direction. And if there's anyone that's going to understand, that's going to put in the work to get over the line and make it happen... It's Austin Theory. And I know that Seth Rollins, the man, the human being, not the WWE superstar, is rolling into Boston on Saturday with a chip on his shoulder because he knows Roman's on the card. Roman's going to be inside war games, but Roman is on the card, and Rollins has made it his mission in life right now to elevate the United States Championship such that it is viewed as almost an equal to Roman. So Seth is going to go out there and, pardon the pun, burn it down no doubt in my mind. How much does it help, Seth, that Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory are also operating at the peak of their powers right now? You've literally got these three coming in that we cannot separate. And for Seth Rollins, that's a dream. This is a perfect storm that you couldn't plan for. We mentioned it earlier in the conversation about how things become organic and the fans let you know if you know when to listen. And then sometimes they, they will just go into business for themselves. But more often than not, if you listen to the fans and what they're cheering for or what they're vehemently booing against, let it play out. Let it roll. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Bobby Lashley has established himself as a megastar in a more organic fashion than maybe anybody else right now. What do you mean by that? Bobby just kept coming out. When I say established, Bobby Lashley's no no rookie to this game. Bobby had a, I mean, Bobby competed at WrestleMania, Battle of the Billionaires. It's it's Lashley was a was a hell of a star. He he was a, a big time player. But Lashley never, it never clicked for whatever reason. He, I, I don't know if it was something that he never opened himself up to the fans or the fans just couldn't connect, not on the level that the Almighty is right now. And what it's been has been consistency. Bobby Lashley, going back to the pandemic era, to the hurt business, Bobby Lashley has conditioned and taught the fans that when Bobby Lashley's on your screen, you better pay attention. You're either going to have a hell of a match you're going to watch a freak of nature, you know, a physique that you just don't see. Bobby is the total package. And the fans have learned that just from seeing him week after week after week and delivering and going out there and beating Brock Lesnar and then getting defeated by Brock Lesnar, but leaving Lesnar laying. I think Lashley's mind's a little bit preoccupied with the Beast Incarnate, which could come into play on Saturday. Not Brock, but the preoccupation. And, and I think that's why this is going to come down to Theory and Rollins. And I think Rollins sees a little bit of himself in Austin Theory. You think so? I, I think Seth has told this story. I remember back in the days of NXT, Seth thought he was going to get fired because Seth knew how he wanted to do things. And he only wanted to do things his way. And he knew in his heart that it was the best way for him to do things. But it wasn't always necessarily the way things were supposed to be or the, the way the world was positioning Seth Rollins and but Rollins knew he believed and he was brash and he ruffled feathers and he pissed people off but guess what not too long after that 
He was on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and at Survivor Series, I believe, debuting, putting uh, somebody through a table in spectacular fashion. Ryback. It was when the Shield, the Shield came in at Survivor Series 10 years ago. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. See, you do your homework, KP. I'm surprised. I was telling the, the listeners, uh, you know what I'm talking about, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. It was excellent. going to give you your flowers here. But I think Rollins sees a bit of himself in Austin Theory. And I believe that Austin Theory sees a bit of himself in Seth Rollins because that's where Theory wants to be. That's who Austin wants to be. That's the real estate in the world of WWE that Austin Theory wants to occupy. Perhaps the title that he wants to hold. It all is intertwined. And I think it's a perfect storm. And, and I would dare say Lashley's almost a variable in this. It's like when you, you would see Kane in the Money in the Bank match. On paper, you're going, why is this guy that's like seven feet tall and 300 pounds going to be in a ladder match? This is going to be a disaster. But it adds a whole different element than just a, a group of incredibly athletic guys who are cat-like in their, in their athleticism. Let's switch gears over to the women's war games match because we're talking about Austin Theory and I think we could speak about Rhea Ripley right now in a very similar vein. Someone who's operating at an incredible level, but we talked about it on Monday Night Raw, Graves. She hasn't exactly had to compete in too many matches to be at the top of her game in WWE, yet we saw her compete against Asuka, put away Asuka, gaining a huge advantage going into the war games match, basically a numerical advantage throughout much of the match. It starts 1v1, then all of a sudden the advantage team gets a teammate that's allowed to go in for three minutes and they can beat the absolute crap out of someone two-on-one. And then periodically you see a teammate for each go in every single three minutes after that until it's 5v5. But Rhea Ripley right now, what an advantage she is and getting the advantage as well. It's damage control. I mean, have to be the firm favorites here. Oh, listen, I, I, I would not include Rhea in the conversation we've been having about the importance of the opportunity because Rhea, despite not competing in matchups recently, has been on television, has been impressive, body slamming Luke Gallows, being a, a total X factor for the Judgment Day. And the fans understand that. I'm going to put the onus in this one on EO Sky and Dakota Kai and Michin, Mia Yim. I think in the women's war games match, and, and again, tonight on Friday Night SmackDown, they'll reveal the fifth member of Bianca Belair's team. I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to tell you. You'll find out. Tell us. Tonight. No one will hear. And no I'm, one will hear. I'll, Just tell me. No, you, I will never tell you anything. I will not tell you any secrets, KP. Anyway, I think, I think this is a massive opportunity for Mia and Dakota and Io, more so Mia than the other two, but to really establish themselves. Now, the world's going to be watching. This is the first ever war games at Survivor Series on the main roster, so to speak. Dakota's competed in it before. Rhea's been in it before. Uh, there's, there's women who have experience. Mia has been in it before. But it's, again, this is a different audience. These are the masses. These are the general population of the WWE universe. They aren't familiar yet. They look at Mia and they say, okay, she's rolling with AJ Styles. She's rolling with Gallows and Anderson. She must be credible. She must be legit. And that'll get you so far, but it won't take you necessarily to the top. Totally agree. Cannot wait to see the women's war games match. As for the men's side of things, Graves, we're in for an absolute bruiser here. Roman Reigns and the bloodline against Sheamus' brawling brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens, the last recruit from Sheamus and his team. Try calling this one. I mean, this is just going to be all out war from the get-go. What's your thoughts on this? Oh, I think anytime the tribal chief competes this day and age, it is box office. It is must-see. I don't care who Roman steps into the ring against. It is must-see. This is no exception. The Usos are just on fire right now. Sami Zayn, we talked about earlier, one of the most entertaining acts in the game right now. Everything the bloodline has touched has turned to gold with good reason. I don't see there being a scenario where the bloodline leave Boston defeated. I just don't see it happening. With that said, if anyone can prove me wrong, it is Drew McIntyre. It is Sheamus. Two guys who have chemistry that the likes of which very few in the business have. They've, they've come up together. They, they are battle tested as to, to use it, to, to borrow that phrase. They're as battle tested as any two superstars can be heading into war games. While keeping on the theme of opportunity, I think the opportunity falls in the laps of Ridge Holland and Butch of the Brawling Brutes. Because we know what Sheamus is, is in there with AJ Styles territory right now. Sheamus is going to be a Hall of Famer. I know Sheamus still has work that he wants to do. He still has things he wants to accomplish. But let's call a spade a spade. 
the Celtic Warriors going in the Hall of Fame. McIntyre is a legitimate threat to Roman Reigns every single time they step in the ring. I mean, think back to Cardiff and how electric that was. Drew's a made man. Drew is a guy to take this whole thing full circle who has grown into the role of star maker. You can put Drew in the ring with anybody and whoever he stands across from is more important by being involved with the Scottish warrior. Kevin Owens, I've gushed about KO's abilities plenty of times on this show. He's an X factor. I know you're a fan of KO taking risks. I think that's a pretty safe bet, KP. Let's throw a little money on that one. He'll want to steal the show. This is his This is his time to do something outlandish, do something absolutely wild, get the crowd off their feet at TD Garden. And Kevin Owens, in this setting against the bloodline and Roman Reigns, will see this as an opportunity to do something Mick Foley-esque, you know, that we're used to seeing from KO now. Something wild. And, and I, I am guilty of it as anybody. I hate that we have to always relate back to the generation prior. And I don't mean that as disrespect to Mick Foley. Obviously, Mick was a pioneer and changed the game in many respects. So obviously credit is due to Mick Foley. But why are we not doing Kevin Owens-esque things now? Why are we not talking about that yet? We're living in it. We're in it. Unfortunately, I feel like we're all guilty of not really appreciating what we have until it's in the rearview mirror. Kevin Owens, think of him jumping off the WrestleMania sign in the WrestleMania in the Performance Center. A bizarre WrestleMania, but that still lives on. Owens has never met a risk he doesn't want to take. But to go back to my original point, it's, it's on Ridge and Butch because they are still being established. They are being made credible by it being in alignment with Sheamus. But now we know what Butch accomplished in NXT. Well, I know, you know, but a lot of our audience doesn't. He's this new wild man. He's a new, a new character and a new force to be reckoned with. Ridge has the, the look of a, a freaking bronze god. I mean, Ridge looks, he's got the look. He can move. He's a spectacular athlete. War Games, to me, is their perfect opportunity and perfect platform for the two of them to do something that gets the entire WWE Universe buzzing and talking about them, not just because they are part of a greater unit. They're winning for me. You don't think, you don't think, They've got a chance of winning this one. It's dude. This is a, this is a tough one. I, I'm going to go with Sheamus's team here. The, the way it's built, the fan reaction that I, I, I'm going to I'm going to say I think we're going to get from them here. I, I think they're going to be fans fan favorites in the moment. Even though the bloodline have been, I mean, they've been fans have been eating out of the palm of their hands since the beginning here of, of this year. I would say, and going back to last year, uh, post pandemic with fans back. For me. I look at this as an opportunity for, for, like you say, for Butch and Ridge, for Seamus too. Seamus has started something in the, in, in the Brawling Brutes that I don't know if anyone expected it to be the success it is today. And it's, it's, it's that success, sure, because of Butch and Ridge, but Seamus has carried the Brawling Brutes in many ways and he's been operating at a different no level. No doubt. So for him to, to bring in Drew McIntyre and KO in that manner, this is on Seamus to go and get this done. And I think if, if you're going to defeat the bloodline, you're going to do it in a match like this right now. And we saw Sami Zayn was defeated by Butch last week in the World Cup. I see another defeat for the Bloodline coming up War Games. Well, uh, you're entitled to your opinion, but Kevin Patrick, I need you to keep that exact same energy. Because remember last week on the show when I told you how I'm already in the Christmas spirit, I'm already decorated, I've got the, the tree up and the lights around the house. Remember that? Yeah. Well, because I'm feeling festive I've got a very, very way too early Christmas surprise for you, Kevin Patrick. Stop. What is it? I do. I do. Remember, I need you to keep that same energy and that opinion okay. that you just dropped on the WWE Universe. I've got it. I'm pumped. Keep that energy for my very special surprise guest here on After the Bell. He's the honorary oos, Sammy Zayn. Yes! Sammy, the honorary Ooze, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Uh, this is my early Christmas surprise for Mr. Kevin Patrick, who may or may not have been casting doubt over the Bloodline's chances inside war games just a matter what? of moments ago. Is that right? No. no what you, don't oh, play the tape. Little faith. Alex, the producer, faith. don't play the tape. <laughs> Has the Bloodline not done enough at this point over the last, what, year, two years? Do they not have that kind of confidence going into this match? I don't I guess we'll just have to wait and see. See, I, I picked the right side. I like being on the correct side of history. Graves always on the right side of history, always firmly in the corner of the master strategist and the honorary use. I forget these things, you know. There it is. See, CKP, <laughs> pay attention. Take notes. Listen and learn. I'm learning. All right, Sammy, I got to ask you, though. This, as this airs, this is going to be released on Friday. You'll have Friday night SmackDown tonight. 
And uh, tomorrow, you will step inside of war games for the first time, not only in your career, but for the first time the match has happened on the main roster of WWE. It's been an NXT-only event. Uh, prior to that, it's obviously got roots back in the days of WCW, NWA, Dusty Rhodes. What does this opportunity mean to you 24 hours out? Okay, so it's obviously very exciting because it's a huge match. And like you said, it's, it's rare in this day and age, uh, especially in the era of content, for, for us to be doing something that fans haven't really seen. And yes, fans might have seen it in NXT in the past few years. Some fans might, you know, longtime fans might recall it from the early 90s uh, in the days of WCW and all that. But for, for the most part, this is a new match for WWE at a pay-per-view that sold out uh, in a hot market like Boston with the, you know, the top act of the company with the bloodline. And it, it's just there's so many variables that are keeping this so exciting going into this match. And that's without the idea of war games. But then you add something fresh like war games and two rings and one giant cage. And, I, you know, I think a lot of people don't know what to expect. And even myself, uh, I, I kind of don't really know what to expect. I'm, I'm kind of familiar with the concept of the war games match, but not entirely. So it's just as kind of unpredictable for it is uh, as it is for the fans as it is for me, in a sense. We were talking earlier about the importance of capitalizing on opportunities when they present themselves in this business, particularly in WWE. And your name I brought up and the whole honorary oost thing as it was initially presented was, let's try to force this square peg in the round hole. Sami Zayn does not fit in the bloodline. But over the past <laughs> several months, you have proven that to not be the truth and have grown into one of the hottest. You have found your role within the hottest act in the business. How did that come to be from your perspective? Was this something that you saw the potential in or is this something you were just trying to, to get along? Uh, I definitely saw the potential from the get-go. It's one of those things that you kind of nailed, nailed it there where it's, it's not something that you predict ahead of time or it's not something that you think you want to see or something that even you think would make sense. But in execution, and that's what I think this whole thing has come down to is the execution of it all more than it is the concept because you're right the concept is a bit strange well the bloodline is a family and here's this person who's clearly not family <laughs> and the whole thing just doesn't make sense on paper but it's a perfect example of uh when things work in, in, in execution more than they do in on paper and you know there's there's so many things that i think you could say the same about and the easiest one that we often fall back to is just as an example the people's elbow you know, like if you wrote down, Rock comes up with a new move called the People's Elbow, where he stands over the guy and does this. I mean, it doesn't read like something that's going to become iconic, but it's the execution and the performer and the time and the place and all these variables that make it magic and make it special. So I'm not entirely uh, surprised at the success of the the segments or whatever that we've done. But it has still exceeded my expectations. Like, I knew they would be good. I just didn't know the fans would take to it the way they have. Sammy, you're talking about putting things on paper. Imagine putting down on paper, we're going to put a human inside a mousetrap. Yet that still worked <laughs> at WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville. You, you signed with WWE. It'll be 10 years, actually, this coming January. That's right. This yeah. year, you're, you're an experienced veteran in the game yet, but this year, 2022 for you, how much fun are you having with the Johnny Knoxville storyline that, that culminated at WrestleMania and now the honorary use? 2022 has been the year of Sami Zayn. Yeah, those are two of my favorite things I've done uh, in my career, honestly, and have kind of gone back to back. Uh, so it is funny that, it, you know, this is 20 years into my wrestling career and 10 years into my WWE career. Stop saying that out loud. You're making me feel old. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just funny how quick time flies. But uh, it is just funny to kind of be hitting my stride in a sense now. And, you know, uh, I used to look at Brock for inspiration in, in many things. Actually, he was a hero of mine when I was a kid. But one of the things I always found remarkable is I always thought Brett found his voice and his character really hit his peak in 1997, which was, he was 40. Sure. He was 20 plus years into the game. He was born into the business. And at 40, all of a sudden he starts hitting his stride as a character. So I always looked at that and thought like, well, there's really no time limit to when you, you know, when you really hit that part of your career. Like, you know, Brett was having great matches, for example, in the late eighties, early nineties and all this stuff. But, as that kind of marquee performer and then marquee character 
That was well, well, well. And he had already won the title five times. And even Roman, you look at Roman, he'd already main evented five or six WrestleManias or whatever it is. And only now, 10 years that we're celebrating the 10 years of his first match, now in these last two years, multiple time champion, multiple time WrestleMania main event, now we're all talking uh, pretty unanimously about these last two years is where he's really, really hit his stride and really become the guy. And I know there's no catch-all answer or one-size-fits-all answer to this, but as a guy that has come up not only from the independence, but from the ground up within w, uh, WWE, from FCW to NXT to, to where you are now, the conversation we were having prior to you joining the call was about the importance of, of the opportunities and capitalizing when you have them. And looking up and down the card, we have so many new faces, a lot of returning faces. We've got some new people that have just come up from NXT that are really going to have their first opportunity to make an impression. If you knew then what you know now, what advice would you impart on these men and women who are sort of trying to break through for the first time? Oh, man, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a good question. It's a tough one to answer because I think it's very circumstantial. Everybody, there, there is no blueprint. This is the, if there's one thing I've learned, and you know, you've been here just as long as I have, is really everybody has their different path or different. There's, there's things that'll work for one person and just not work for another. For sure, it's always seize the opportunity, whatever it is, stand out. And, you know, these are general things we can say, but the, the way you're going to stand out is going to be different for everybody. Of course, the blanket goal across, across the board for everybody is always no matter what little opportunity you're given, make the most of it and stand out and have something different about you. Right. I right. think that's really the, the, the answer is like you, you don't want to be someone that's interchangeable. Just carve out a niche for yourself that only you can fill that gap. That makes a, makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And I get your point that no two career paths are the same, but tomorrow when you step inside of war games, you will be across the ring from perhaps your most familiar friend slash foe, depending on which day of the week it is, Kevin Owens. You guys have both had, it's eerie almost how parallel your careers have been. Going back to the independence, obviously you guys started around the same time. You had the same, same experiences. You made names for yourselves concurrently. You arrive in NXT within a matter of, you know, a year or so of each other, I believe, if my time frame's correct. And now here you are, you're standing across the ring at Survivor Series in War Games. What if you had to pinpoint, off the top of your head, and I know we could sit here all day, but off the top of your head, is there something inherent that you and Kevin both share that you believe has helped or is responsible for your success? Because you both have had such eerily similar careers. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. You're right. You're totally right. But I don't know the answer. I don't know how to articulate it. Uh, like you could easily is it a French Canadian thing. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, you could say passion is, is, you know, there's definitely that and there's definitely something. And I, again, it's one of those things that's very hard to articulate, but there's something that kind of jumps off the page. I think about both of us. And it's not cookie cutter and it's not because neither of us, especially if you go back 18, 19, 20 years when we were first starting together, nothing about us screamed WWE superstars in terms of physical stature or whatever, but you just knew there was this sort of raw, there was something raw there and there was this feeling and I still have it even now. And I don't know if it's ego or if it's pride or whatever, it just, it's this feeling that uh, the show is better with me than it is without me. And every show I'm on is better because I'm on it. And if I'm not on it, something feels like it's missing. That's, that's how I think in my head. And I'm sure he thinks that to an extent. So it's just, but this is, this is a selfish business at its core. And I don't mean selfish in a, in a, the standard usage, but if you're not looking out for you, very rarely is somebody else always looking out for you. So that, that I understand that sort of inherent mindset. Yeah. But I'm not even saying it as a, in a way of like getting ahead. I just feel like we bring something to each show. That if we're not on it, the show just, it's, 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 it's kind of what I was talking about a moment ago, creating something that you can't just replace. So it, it gets to a point where if we're not on that show, there's like a little void that only we could have filled. And again, maybe this is delusion and maybe this is ego, but I think that kind of mindset to an extent, it's very hard to articulate and pinpoint and say one attribute or quality, but there's just this thing that I think there's this raw sort of, passion for lack of a better word 
I know it's a tricky question. I, I kind of feel what you're attempting to articulate. And I think it's more of a feeling than it is a tangible. Exactly. You can put exactly. a label on it. it it's when, yeah. when Sami Zayn is in the ring, when Kevin Owens is in the ring, you don't doubt for a second. You don't, don't, you don't doubt anything. Whether you're out there being a goofball and being entertaining or Kevin's trying to, you know, end somebody's career, it's, it's the, old, the, the old adage that Regal used to instill in us about the, it, it starts in here and it comes out of your eyes. It starts in your heart and comes out of your eyes. You guys both possess that same quality. Yeah, it's hard. It's putting your heart into whatever you're doing. It's full commitment to whatever you're doing. Again, going back to like the Knoxville thing, I, I, I do, it's one of those things where maybe, maybe you could have put someone else in the role. I don't know. I kind of like to think that it kind of had to be me for it to work the way it did. But nonetheless, it's putting 100% commitment into it. That and that's what makes it work. Uh, and I don't know because, you know, so I remember Chris Hero years ago, years ago, for some reason, this stuck in my head. We were talking about the idea of maybe one day getting to WWE when we're both on the independents. And he said, you know, and this applies to Kevin too, because I was talking about, yeah, but you know, you need these qualities and you need to possess this and this and this to make it in WWE. And he's like, well, here's the thing. Up until this point in your career, you have been the exception, not the rule. And so there's no reason to think that that won't carry on, that you won't continue to be an exception and rather rather than the rule. I think you may have just answered my question unintentionally because Kevin Owens said almost the exact same thing Monday night when he was on commentary with Kevin Patrick and I. He said something about how he's made his name and his career out of doing things he wasn't supposed to be able to do. Right. And I don't think, again, if you looked at us 15 years ago, you don't think these are two guys that will be indispensable to WWE one day, but that's that's kind of been our appeal is like, I don't know. There's just something about the way we perform and what we put into our performance that makes us, I know, again, it sounds a little egotistical, but exceptional. And I mean that in the literal sense in that we are the exception exception to a rule that, again, doesn't work on paper. Correct. Uh, totally understood. And Sammy, with that, I mean, there's never a ta-da moment, all right? But I get the sense that there's a little bit of tranquility. There's something about the time that you've put in and finding yourself that, that, that has to be a good feeling about knowing who you are in this business right now and allowing yourself then operate at that high note. Yeah, and it's to the point where it's so ingrained in second nature that you kind of don't think about it until you guys start asking me these questions and forced to kind of articulate it. And really think about it. But a lot of it, it's not, it's like just second nature at this point. Like the idea, you know, if I'm opposite Johnny Knoxville or I'm put in a segment with the Roman, I'm not thinking to myself consciously do what I have to do. Okay, 100% commitment to this. And that's what's going to make it. I don't think in those terms, but I just know when it's time to do it, that's how I have to do it. I only think about it after the fact now when we're talking, but that is, in my, in my opinion, that is, I think, crucial not just to me, to, to anybody who's going to succeed in, on this level. It's like that, that level of commitment is crucial. And if you're lucky enough to where you've done it enough to where it is second nature, and you, as you kind of said, you know yourself well enough, great. But if you're not there yet, I think you need to consciously think about that. You know, who am I? And I need to invest and commit 100% to what I'm trying to portray. What is it for you that's worked so well? For Sammy Uso, the honorary use, is there one thing that you think has absolutely clicked with the bloodline and working with Roman and the guys that's made it so successful? Uh, I think going back to that word again, it's commitment. And it's also the contrast between the Usos and Roman and what they were doing. And also they had a year, maybe even more, a year and a half to really simmer and really establish these characters. And so too have I had the last even three, four years maybe even five years since I kind of switched to, you know, this bad guy kind of role, but especially over the last few years to really let my character simmer and harden and get established. And so you have these two very clearly defined acts and the dynamic between these two acts that are established was so, I don't know, fun and interesting that, and we're all committed to it and we all know who we are and that's why it works. So I, I don't know what it is. I think it's a testament to what I created before I got into the uh, bloodline and what they created before they got to this point. And now you take these things that are established to to really well-established, well-defined acts, mix them. And again, it doesn't sound like it should mix on paper, but then you see the execution and you're like, oh, this is so enjoyable. I think that's made it work. 
I think there's only one step remaining for you to become full-blown ooze. And I know you're a proud vegan, Sammy, but we got to get you eating <laughs> spam. I mean, you, you would never last on the island without that, that delicious canned treat known as yeah. spam. How do you deal with that? Wild boar and all the stuff they eat on the island. All that stuff. I, don't, I don't know how well I'd be, I'd be eating the coconuts if it were me, yeah. <laughs> Sam, I'm not going to keep you too long, man. I know you've got to prepare for war games. You've got SmackDown tonight. Good luck to you uh, inside the cage. I'll be there ringside calling everything, watching it all unfold. Best of luck to you and the family, and uh, you're always welcome. You know that here on ATB. Yeah, thanks for uh, you know allowing me to be a friend of the show. KP, how did you enjoy your early Christmas present? What a gift, Gravy. What a gift. You absolutely delivered here early before Christmas. How am I going to repay this? I have no idea, but Sammy Zane... I don't know if it can be repaid. No. I had the honorary oos as a special surprise for you, Kevin Patrick, and you insulted him right before he got here. Man, you got a lot to learn. You have a way about you. You knew. You knew that I'd go there and I'd pick the Brawling Brutes, didn't you? And then you spring Sami Zayn as a surprise. What a gift he was, though. Brilliant insights into the character, of course, Sami Uso, the honorary use, and everything that he puts into this business. Again, away from the ring, he's just one of those guys that's performing at another level right now. And Sami Uso hit a home run from day one, it seemed to me. He was he was just a massive hit with the fans. What do you think? It's been a long journey, but I believe Sammy's finally where he belongs. I know Sammy wouldn't change it for the world, and we will see how valuable he truly can be tomorrow at Survivor Series War Games, streaming live WWE on Peacock. Until then, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find Kevin at Kev underscore E-G-A-N. Listen for F-R-E-E on Spotify. Just search After the Bell and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. <laughs>